0: Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Looking forward to starting this new series this morning, attracting abundance, and uh, we're going to be sharing some principles out of the Word of God to apply to our lives. And uh, God's called us to live princi- principle-based lives, Amen. <clears throat> so we're going to be looking at that in a couple of minutes' time. I just this morning, I, I, I just want to just touch on it just for a moment. I just keep getting the word expectation. What are our expectations for 2019? Uh, You know, Jesus said, according to your faith, it shall be done for you. Oh, Ruth, good morning. (laughs) Could you hear about the chooks? Yeah, did did. That's awesome. Sorry. Anyway, according to your faith, it shall be done for you. And uh, I, I just can't get away from the fact this morning that I think that God is really challenging us to lift our expectations For this year coming you know there's a scripture that says eye is not seen um ear is not heard neither is it entered into the heart of man the things that god has got stored up for those that love him live according to his plan and his purpose and you know for you for for you and for me this year i just believe that this is going to be an absolutely phenomenal year thank god for last year last year was an amazing year was a very challenging year on a number of fronts uh, but look what the Lord has done out there, amen, if you go for a walk out there and see what God's done. But I just believe that this is going to be a phenomenal year of breakthrough, blessing and growth, personally and corporately as well. But a lot of it's going to come down to what we're expecting God to do in our lives, because Jesus said, it's according to your faith, amen. So what are you believing God for 2019? What great things are you wanting to see God do in your family, Amen. In your marriage, maybe, in your home, uh, in your neighborhood, whatever the case may be. I just believe that God wants us to lift up our expectation to him and believe that this is going to be a phenomenal year. Amen. Let's just bow our heads right now. Father, we just thank you for the year that's ahead of us. We just know that, God, you have so much in store. But Jesus, you said it's according to our faith. According to our belief, according to our expectation, it shall be done for us. So Lord, right now, we just commit and submit our expectation, our vision, our plans, our thoughts for this year. And we just remind ourselves, you're the God that does exceedingly, abundantly, far above what we could ever hope or imagine. So right now, Lord, we just lift those those faith expectations to you. Breakthroughs in our families, Breakthroughs in our relationships, Lord. Breakthroughs in our our walk with you, God, that we have a deeper, more intimate relationship with you, Lord. Breakthrough in winning the lost, God. Father, as a church, we just thank you for a breakthrough in soul winning in this year, in 2019, that there are going to be multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of people that are coming to faith right now. We declare that. Over the church, over this community, in Jesus' name. A fire breaking out, a move of your spirit. A stirring in people's hearts again for winning the lost and making disciples, God. So, Father, we just thank you this morning. We just thank you. We just commit um, this year to you. We commit our expectations and our levels of faith to you. We thank you that you're the God that does exceedingly, abundantly, far above what we could ever hope or imagine. And everybody said, Amen. So just needed to um, let the church family know as well, Um, just on behalf of Dave and Rachel, who are getting married next Saturday. You can do far better than that. They're an amazing couple. It's going to be 10 a.m. here at the church. Just joking, Rachel. I knew you were going to. Your head nearly shook off then. 2 p.m., Black Butt Reserve. So I'd expect you just drive into Blackbutt Reserve and you'll see where the ceremony will be there. But on behalf of Dave and Rachel, they'd love you to come along and be a part of their ceremony. We are so chuffed that they're getting um, married. How exciting for them, amen? Just can't believe it. So we're starting a series this morning, um, um, Attracting Abundance, and it's going to be running through the next three Sunday mornings. Uh, this morning in particular, we're just going to start. Uh, you know, if you think about attracting abundance straight away, people thinking about just more stuff. This is not a series around the uh, blab it and grab it. It's not a series around getting more, more possessions and money and stuff like that. But it's a series about positioning ourselves Attracting more of the abundance and the presence of God in our lives and in our families, amen? So I just wanted to share that from the outset. You know, if you, we, you and I were to consider where we live uh, and consider just for a moment how incredibly blessed we are uh, in comparison to, say, some people that are living in Vanuatu, you'd have to say honestly before God today that as people um, in this city, in this church, in this community, we are so blessed, aren't we? I mean, think about it for a moment. Um, you, ca- you came in this morning in your car and uh, you woke up this morning and we had lambs fry for breakfast a um, couple of mornings ago. We had prosciutto on toast and... Black coffee, I mean, we are just so blessed with the clothes that we wear, the houses that we live in, the cars that we, we drive. We are so, so blessed. But I want us to ask you the question this morning, even though we may feel that we are so blessed, I believe that there's the opportunity and the, the, uh, the uh, possibility of experiencing even more of the blessing of God in our lives. So this morning, you know, the question is, would you like to experience more of God's blessing in your life? Five people put their hands up. Hallelujah. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The rest of you going, I don't want to do that. That's all right. But the truth is we would all want to expect and, and receive more of God's blessing in our lives. And again, just to underscore, because I know people get a little bit a little bit strange when we start to talk about being blessed and expectations and attracting abundance, but we're not talking about the physical stuff. We're talking about more of God's presence. Amen. That's what we're talking about this morning. So if this morning you're like me and you want to be more blessed, you want to experience more of the blessing of God, I want to share to you what Jesus Jesus said about how we receive more of the abundance of God. And the, the, the verse this morning is out of Acts chapter 20, verse 35, and it's speaking directly to us this morning. Say it's speaking to me. This is speaking, you can do better than that. Speaking to me. This is what Jesus said. If we want more of the blessing of God, it's found in this verse of scripture. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, Jesus says this, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. you. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. If you want to be more blessed, it's actually more blessed to give than it is to receive. There's more blessing in giving than there is in receiving. Hallelujah. Heaven us lived by that. Hopefully many of us, But listen to Jesus' challenge there to us this morning. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And the challenge is so many people today, as I said before, think of abundance as getting more. But I believe it's about being blessed in every area of our life, our marriage, our children, our work, our finances, whatever it might be. But the key to being blessed is about being generous. So I want to share just the first principle this morning around attracting uh, more of the abundance of God in and around our lives. And the key thought for you this morning, if you're taking notes, is this. We need to understand and embrace the biblical truth that the key to an abundant life is developing a heart of generosity. Developing a heart of generosity. You know, I know, uh, sorry, I don't know any Christians like what I'm about to describe. But I know of Christians that are that tight, they wouldn't give you a wave if they owned the ocean. They're so bound up in their money, there's no sense of generosity there. I believe the key to attracting more of the abundance of God is understanding the power of developing a generous heart. A generous spirit, amen. But too many believers, we're so caught up and so bound in our our generosity that we're not experiencing the abundance of God that God has for us because we don't understand the power and the principle of developing a generous heart, a generous spirit. Somebody that says, God, if you're calling me to give, I'll give. In fact, if you wanted to turn in your Bibles this morning, there's a great... uh, a few verses of scripture in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. It just talks about the principle of being a generous person. Amen. Developing a generous heart. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. It says this. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. There is one who withholds more than right, but it leads to poverty. Listen to this next thought this morning. This is for all of us. It says, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Scripture says, what sort of person, man or woman, uh, will prosper? Listen to it this morning. A generous man or woman will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. One man gives freely and gains even more. The key to a blessed life is to always understand the power of having a generous heart. Amen. The more generous that we are, the more that we're able to give. Then Jesus says, the more blessed that we will be, the more that we will be able to receive. Amen. How generous are you this morning? How generous is your heart? Have you got a giving heart? Or have you got a heart that withholds? Have you got a heart that wants to, wants to sow and wants to be generous with what God has given you? Or is your heart tied? Is it, is it stingy? The key to receiving more of the abundance of God is out of the ability to be able to be generous in our life, generous with the things that we have, amen. Hallelujah. So, are you stingy? <laughs> are you tight? Are you a tight one? I'm just not saying just with your money, everything, whatever it is that God might challenge you about, about being generous with, your home, your car. Never your boat. Stuff like that. <laughs> well, I am generous with my boat. Amen. Come on, just being generous. Are you, are you tired? Are you stingy? God wants us to understand the power of having a generous heart. In fact, I love this verse of scripture found in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6. Paul's speaking again about the power of sowing and being generous. He says this. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. But I say to you, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully, bountifully. It's talking about a generous heart, having a generous heart. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Amen. There's more blessing in giving than there is in receiving. Hallelujah. If you want to attract more of the abundance of God around your life, around your family, then we've got to understand the power of being generous. Hallelujah. Thanks, Dennis. Amen but it says this this here, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I had an old friend in Newcastle, Bruce Mudford was his name, in fact, his brothers. Um, Look, I I don't know. They've got massive um, wheat and uh, sheep farms out around the Gilgander area. Um, And Bruce was a farmer his whole life. I mean, he started as a little pickaninny and just that's all he's ever known was the farm and then one day he came to the coast fell in love and a number of years later sold the farm and moved to the coast and there he is now but bruce understood the principle that if you want a bountiful harvest you've got to sow bountifully if you don't sow bountifully you'll never receive a bountiful harvest Same for us as well in our lives. If we're not generous and sowing bountifully into whatever area it is that God is calling us to, whether it be into our families, our neighbourhood, our church, missions work that we do, whatever it is that God is calling you to open up your hands and to start to sow bountifully into, the harvest will never be bountiful, amen. Do you want a bountiful harvest in 2019? Then the thought is, what are you sowing into? What area are you being generous towards? Hallelujah. Thanks very much, mate. That's all right. Amen? Amen? It's true. We want to attract God's abundance. We've got to understand the power of having a generous heart. So it goes on in this verse of Scripture, just Paul speaking a little bit more, and then it goes in verse 7. Listen to what it says. It says, So let each one give as he or she purposes in their heart, not grudgingly, or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. You look at that word cheerful in the Greek, it actually has a connotation around the thought of being hilarious towards the thought of giving. Hilarious towards the thought of giving. In other words, wow, I get an opportunity to give. Woohoo! Are you like that? I want to be more like that. Amen opportunity to give I'm just going to give bring my tithe bring my tithe and my gift and oh you know here, there it is no let's have a generous heart because God loves a cheerful giver you know why he loves a cheerful giver because when we're cheerful he knows what our attitude's like and if we have a generous attitude God loves that man he just loves it cheerful giver but then it goes on and this is this is the the part that I love verse 7 So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly out of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. But verse 8, this is the thought here about a blessed life. If you want a a life that's attracting abundance, listen to what it says here. After after it talks about sowing generously and bountifully to reap bountifully. And then after it talks about being a cheerful giver. Listen to what the results are in verse 8. It says this. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you... Having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Look at that. In all things, have a what? For every good work. Have an abundance as we sow generously as we have a cheerful heart towards the things that God is calling us to give towards or, or to, uh, to, to, to be a part of, whatever it may be. It says there that we, in return, will receive an abundance for every good work that God has called us to. I love that. The Bible teaches us that to be blessed, we need to be generous. Are you generous this morning? Are you generous? Amen. Think about catching those fish I need to give more away. Hmm. I'm not catching that many at the moment. Help me, John. Hallelujah. So, with this being said, here's a question that I want you to think about this morning. Knowing it's more blessed to give than to receive, listen, why are not more people more generous? Or another way of saying it, why are not more people... More blessed. Well, I want to give you three little responses to that this morning. And we'll f- oh, we're doing so well. It's only 10.30. Hallelujah. You'll be out of here and coffeeed up very, very shortly. But why aren't more people more generous? Or another way to look at it, why aren't there more people that are more blessed? Well, the answer is because too many people have what I call a bag mindset. You've got a bag mindset. These are the people that believe, you know, we don't have enough. We would like to give, but we simply don't have enough to be generous. It's all in the bag. Your your brain and your mind is around what's in the bag, and that's all you've got. It's a bag mindset. Listen to the words of Haggai, in fact, because a lot of people would feel this way when it comes to all the blessing that God has given them or wanting to entrust them with. It says in Haggai chapter 1 verse 6, it says, You have sown much and you bring in little. You eat but you do not have enough. You drink but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Many people feel this way. As much as you'd like to be generous, you don't feel you can because it seems like that everything that goes in the bag goes out. There's not enough. I wish I could be generous but I just don't feel like I have enough. People like that have a bag mindset, a bag mentality. All I've got is what's in the bag. So I put what's in the bag and I hold onto the bag and that's all that I'm ever going to have. What's in the bag? That's a bag mindset. That will stop you from being generous because that will limit you to see the possibilities of what God can and will do through you. Amen. So that's the first mindset that can hold us back from being generous and having a generous heart. We have a bag mindset. The second one, if you're taking notes this morning, is a little bit more exciting. And uh, we, call, we call this the basket mindset. Amen. So you've got the bag mindset. All that I've got is in the bag. And then the other mindset is the basket mindset. This is the person who believes that God is abundant. He's an abundant God. And we can trust him. We've got more than enough because God is an abundant God. We can give freely. Freely. So they haven't got a bag mindset, they've got a basket mindset. The basket mindset believes in the words of Jesus and acts upon them, the words that he speaks in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Jesus said these words. And if he said them, then we can trust them. If he said them, then we can apply them to our lives. If he said them, we can act upon them and know that if we act upon them in faith, those things will come to pass. Hello? Listen to what he said. The basket people have the mindset based upon these verses of Scripture that Jesus speaks in Luke 6.38. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. With the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Amen. If we're wanting abundant life, we've got to be abundantly committed to being generous in the area that God is asking us. Hallelujah. Press down, shaken together, running over. The basket mindset. There was a story in the Bible about a young boy, a little boy. One day he's listening to Jesus and uh, Jesus is teaching. And uh, the Bible describes that the crowd is there anywhere between 10 or 15,000 people. It's a big crowd, big crowd that have gathered to, to, to listen to Jesus. And Jesus' sermon's gone a little bit long. He's just enjoying Um, speaking and it's going a bit long and we get past the hour of noon and then all of a sudden everybody's getting hungry, right? They're all just like, well, you know, we need food. We want to listen to you, but we're all hungry. And so they're looking around and, and asking the question, does anybody have any food? And there's one little boy in the crowd there and the boy has five loaves and two fish. The bag mindset would have said, this is all I've got. Five loaves and two fish. That's all I've got. I'm not giving it, right? There's too many mouths to feed. But the little boy didn't have a bag mindset. He had a basket mindset. Because he brings that loaf, five loaves and two fishes to Jesus with the ba- basket mindset. And what does Jesus do? He takes that food. He, he, he prays over it. He multiplies it. And everybody that's there gets fed. Amen. But the thought is this this morning, this this is what I just love about the heart of God, because many Christians just, we're just, we're just at times and, and, and even myself at times, we're just too stingy. We're just too tight. We're just, we're just not generous in our heart. Oh, you're not getting mad at me this morning. I'm just sharing some thoughts with you this morning but maybe God's calling us to be a little bit more generous in 2019 maybe God's wanting us just to open up our hearts a little bit more to the the things that are going around the globe and and to invest our time and resources and energy into those things maybe that's what God's wanting to challenge us with this morning. But what we love and what I found about this, this verse of Scripture, which was so profound that after the little boy came with the basket mindset and presented that to Jesus, Jesus multiplied, took what he gave, um, and then multiplied it dramatically and fed the ten to 15,000 people. But at the end of that, the Bible says that the disciples went around and they collected 12 baskets full of leftovers. Why on earth would you put that in the Bible? What's the relevance of that? The disciples went around and they picked up 10 to 12 basket full of leftovers to show us that God is generous. Ow. To show... I'm only joking. To show us that we serve a generous God. Amen. Our Father in heaven is so generous. And that's why it's in the Bible there. Why, why, why is it there? To teach us that we serve a God that is generous. That in turn wants us to have a generous heart as well. Another thought from that story as well. When we're faithful with a little, he can do much. Amen? When we're faithful with a little... God can do much. And my prayer for us today is that we would not have a bag mindset. We would allow God to take us to a basket mindset if we needed to be in the third mindset that I want to finish with this morning. And uh, uh, hopefully we'll get there very, very shortly. uh, Where I pray that some of us will be faithful enough to experience it one day. Not the bag mindset, not the basket mindset, but the barn mindset. The barn mindset. We'll finish with that this morning. Just unwrapping that very quickly. This, this, is the one, this is the person who knows that God is infinitely more than enough. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 8, it says, The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. These people are faithful with what is in the bag and the basket. And as a result of that, their barns begin to overflow. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the master. You're supposed to go amen. But that's all right. It's a different setting. Praise the Master. (laughs) Hallelujah. These people are faithful in what is in the bag. Faithful uh, with what's in the basket. And as a result of that, their barns begin to overflow. The most powerful area to be faithful in. Listen to it in the Old Testament. And we'll talk about it more next Sunday morning. I so look forward to sharing some thoughts with you around this topic next Sunday morning. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 through to 10. The Bible says, Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of your crops. For us, the first fruit would be the tenth, the tithe that we bring every week to God. We return to God the first tenth, the tithe that belongs to God. But then the Bible says this, Your barns will be filled and overflowing. I love the thought here this morning. The beauty of the tithe is that it teaches us to trust God. It teaches us that God can do more with the 90 that is blessed rather than the 100 that potentially may not be. Amen. One of the greatest areas that we can be generous towards God and faithful is in the area of tithing and giving. Amen. If you're not tithing, you're robbing yourself. If you're not giving and bringing your 10th, your first and your best to God every week, you're ripping yourself off. I had someone say to me a couple of uh, months ago, it was last year, and and, uh, it was a conversation with a pastor. um, And the the conversation got around talking to the church about being generous and giving and tithing. And the pastor said, oh, no, I never talk about tithing. I never talk about giving because I don't want to offend anyone. And straight away, my mind went, you're an idiot. You are ripping your people off. You are robbing God's people by not teaching them about tithing and giving. Because we're just touching on some some verses of Scripture about sowing and reaping and whatnot. Hallelujah. I thought, what a... I can't say it. What a crazy dude to think that he can't talk. He doesn't want to offend anybody. Look, if you get offended about tithing and me talking about giving well I'm, I'm sorry I don't care I want to speak to everybody else that's going to receive the message and receive the full blessing that God has for them amen so it says there as you bring your first fruits representing the first tenth it says your barns will be overflowing I love it, when we return the tithe to God, the tithe actually breaks the grip of materialism on our lives where we want more. But more importantly, it stops us from making the mistake that everything in our barns is for us. That's what the tithe does, tithing and giving. It stops us from making the mistake that everything in the barn is for me. There's a guy in the New Testament, if I could just have the keyboard, if I could just have Lisa to come to the platform to play the keyboard. <laughs> There's a guy in the New Testament who thought that everything was for him. Jesus told a parable and we'll conclude with this this morning. In fact, you could open up your Bible to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 and verse 16. Jesus tells a parable. It says, The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, What should I do? I have no place to store my crops. And he said, This is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and I will build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I'll say to myself, You have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Sounds like a great retirement thought, doesn't it? Not offending anyone that's retired. Just saying you could think that way. I know no one in the church does. Because we have such an incredible, diverse, faithful, committed group of people. Hallelujah. But there's many people today that think that everything in the barn is for us, right? I need a bigger house, I need a bigger car, I need nicer clothes, I need a new boat. Listen to what it goes on to say. And then I want you to listen to the response of God towards this man that thought that all that he had in the barn was his. It says, I will tear down my barns and I will build bigger ones because I'm believing that everything in the barn is for me. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for anyone who stores up things for themselves, but is not rich slash generous towards the things of God. Check out this guy. I love the thought. God was not angry at this man because he was blessed. God was angry at him because he thought that all of the blessings were for him. This guy had barn blessings with a bag mindset. He had barn blessings with a bag mindset. And I believe that God wants to pour out even greater blessing. I said it this morning, I believe that 2019 is going to be the most amazing year for the church and for the community yet. I, I believe that with all of my heart. I, I believe that God's doing even far greater things than we can imagine. Here we are, the first beginning of the year, preparing our hearts, getting ourselves focused for what's ahead. Hallelujah. What's to pour out so much, but I just felt this morning that He wanted to challenge us around this, this principle of developing a generous heart. Jesus said. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. If there's anything that we take away this morning, I pray and trust that it would be that. That those words that, that, that he's speaking to us, that we would take to heart and apply to every area of our lives this morning, understanding it's, Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you. Just as we prepare for this year, as we begin our preparations. Thank you that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son, that he so should believe in them would not perish but have everlasting life. You gave your best, your son Jesus. You were so generous towards the world that you were willing to sacrifice your son. Father, for 2019, I just pray that you speak to each of us individually, corporately, as families as well, any area that you're calling us to be generous towards in everything. Help us to understand the power of having a generous heart. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here this morning and you're away from God, if you haven't received the gift of eternal life that God offers through his son, Jesus, Jesus was sent to the earth to die on that cross, to pay for our sins so that we could be made right with God. If you're here this morning, you've never received the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life. You've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior while every head's bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you would like to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, would you raise your hand very quickly as I look across this auditorium, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you. You're so faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Father, we thank you. We so, so thank you. Amen.